here trying to help you. I'm here to give you what it took me 30, 30 years in ministry to get. Amen. Get your Bible. Let's get right into the Word. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 4 through 11 is going to be our series. Got a lot of word for you. Thank you. Thank God for, your, for his grace today. Man, I, I hope I didn't mess that up, but I, I know you're ready. I know she can do it. Amen. Man, that's going to be awesome. Amen. Now I know what I'm praying for. That's right. Praise God. All right, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter number 3. Second Corinthians chapter number 3, verse number 4. We're going to read that down to verse 11. Then you get your subject when you get this. Say amen. amen. All right, verse number 4 says, And such trust have we through Christ to God. What? Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God, who also has made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit, for the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. But if the ministration of death, written and engraved in stone, was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses, for the glory of his countenance, which glory was to be done away, how shall not the ministration of the Spirit be rather glorious? For if the ministration of condemnation be glory, much more doth the ministration of righteousness exceed in glory. For even that which was made glorious had no glory in this respect by reason of the glory that excelled. For if that which was done away was glorious, much more that which remained in glory. The law was done away, but grace remained. All right, now let's go to our subject today in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15 through 21. From the book of Ephesians, chapter 1. When you get this, shout amen. amen. From the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, verse 15. Wherefore, I also heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love to all the saints. I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, <coughs> the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of him, the eye of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead, set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Somebody say amen. amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Father, we thank you for your grace. Your grace is sufficient for us. We thank you for your mighty power when you raised Jesus from the dead, set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all principalities and powers and might, and every name that is named, we give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. Thank you for the Holy Ghost 
Thank you for giving us the Holy Spirit of the living God. Thank you, Lord, for making us your son and giving us fellowship with you, Father. We bless you, we praise you, we appreciate you, and we say your grace is sufficient for every need I have. In the name of Jesus, our Lord, and the church said amen. Amen, amen, amen. Now, uh, my responsibility is to minister the, the Christ to you, the grace of God to you. Uh, we are on volume number six, part number three uh, this morning. You need to get this morning tape. We have already taught on Ephesians 1.18. Let's put that on the screen because that's what we're dealing with. From the book Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 18, there are three what's there. Now, what we want to make sure happens is those things be added to your prayers. Somebody say amen. 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 From the book Ephesians chapter number 1 and verse number 18 says, The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. Just a touch. All right. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 18. There you go. Give me a little volume. I want to talk so loud. Thank you very much. Hallelujah. That's good. That's a good hallelujah. All right. In the book of Ephesians chapter number 1, are you there yet? Now, I'm going to read over to verse 1 to explain it to you because first of all, uh, that's going to be the prayer. Now, the, the prayer of the Holy Spirit, we're going to start back there in verse number 15 again. I want to teach that and get that into my message so you understand wh why I'm teaching what I'm teaching. My message today is what in verse 18, what is, his, what is his rich and glorious inheritance? Say that with me. What is his rich and glorious inheritance? Now, his, his, his rich and glorious inheritance, if you look on the board, he said, well, he'll tell you it's in the saints. Somebody said it's in the saints. Right. So we all in this church should know what was in the saints, right? Uh, what's in you? Who in you? Right. So if you know who in you, you ought to know who was in the saints. All right, the saints were those Jews that were from Jerusalem who were saved in Christ. They called them saints, okay? Now, what I want to do is I want to teach this verse here, Ephesians 1. I'm sorry. And verse number 15 says, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love to all the saints. Now, otherwise, what he's saying, after I heard you were saved, after I heard you were in Christ. See, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to have your faith working and your love working, right? Your, your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, but your love ought to be to others, right? Amen. All right. Then in verse 17, Paul prayer. When I say Paul, I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you. Now, you got to understand something. We are talking about your inheritance. Now, these are, this, is, this is what God has for you. But if you never believe God for it, you'll never walk in it. If you never believe God for it, you'll never operate in it. Everything in the Word of God is yours. But if you will never desire it, you'll never walk in it. Just like it is with the gifts of the Spirit. Hold your finger right there in Ephesians 1, in verse number 16. Yeah, verse 16. We're going to come right back. But we're going to show you 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 14. Everything the Father has is yours. He has blessed us with all, Ephesians 1 and 3 told us, all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. But if you have never desired, just like 
praying for the sick. I love to pray for the sick. I love to lay hands on the sick. I love to feel the power of the Spirit of God flow through me. Use the gifts of the Spirit and tell me what he's done and where he's done it at. That's an awesome thing to know when I pray for people, I can say, God, just touch your body. And I'm not guessing. When I say that I know he did because of the, of the discernment of spirit of the gifts of the Holy Ghost. All right. Now, you have to desire that. That does just, just doesn't happen. I, I never forget when I visit nursing homes. And I, gifts, I, I learned that gifts were discovered. You don't even know what you have until you use them. If you, if you pray, if you pray for people, you find out that you have more than you think you get. But you're going to have to get out there on the water. You're going to have to walk on out there. And a lot of people don't want to fail. You have to understand something. Peter would have never known he could walk on water if he didn't just get on out there. So bump somebody and say, you got to get on out there. Now, I'm not telling you some ooky spooky stuff because you got folks that like, girl, you ought to go on out there and do what God... That ain't, that ain't talking about That ain't what I'm talking about. I'm talking about if, if God has given you a gift of praying for the sick, you will never know if you never pray for nobody. You understand what I mean? Now, that don't mean that somebody's going to let you lay hands on them. That don't mean that's going to happen. They're going to tell you, take your hands off me. But if they find out you got some, I mean, they encourage your gift. Amen? Amen. I'll encourage your gift if they don't. But you got to find out you got some. Try it out on folks that don't know you. What I mean by that is folks that you're in your household. You know, your brothers and your sisters. Let them say, would you let me pray for you? And you I don't feel good. Can I pray for you? That's how you do. If it don't work in the house, it won't work out in this house. That's what you got to understand. That's how gifts are. They don't work at home. They won't work at church. Amen. So try them out. Look at somebody say, try them out somewhere else. That's how you got to have. That's what you got to have. You see the dog walking around there like this? Just say. <laughs> try it out on somebody. Amen. Just come on. I'm talking about your dog. Don't go get nobody else's dog. <laughs> Amen. You get bitch. Pastor Crump told me just call a dog. I didn't say a dog. Your dog. Amen. Lay your hands on him and begin to pray in the spirit. Pray. Pray for him. And you see when he walk off. He walk off like this. He goes, hey, this work. If it work on a dog, I know this thing going to work. I'm telling you. A Amen. If your gift work, it will work on a dog. I'm not just saying it, just to say it. All right. All right. Amen. If it'll take pain, it'll take pain out of a dog. If it'll work, but make sure it's working. All right. Now, let's, let's watch. Now, watch in 1 Corinthians 14. 1 Corinthians 14, 1. Watch what the Word of God says. If you don't desire, it's not going to work. Follow out the charity, otherwise walk in love, and desire spiritual gifts. So he told you to desire spiritual gifts. Well, what happens if you don't desire spiritual gifts? It's not going to just happen in your life because you want it to. You got to desire it. You got to want this to happen. Now, when I, like I said, I was a visitation minister at New Bethel Baptist Church when I was in the ministry 35 years ago, even before I was in the, in the ministry ministry. I was, started visiting the sick. And I found out when I prayed for a person, when I began to pray for people, I saw they was getting healed. That just turned me on, man. And I saw all kinds of things. I don't even have to go into this message, but I saw all kinds of things were happening. I'm going like, man, that's working. So I just started doing it. I love doing it. And that's how I have so much confidence in praying for the sick. Uh, anybody in my household, 
My wife would tell you, my children, pray, tell you anything wrong with them. They said, Dad, I need you to pray for me. Because they know that it, the gift work. But I have done it so long until I knew it's work. You got to have confidence in what God has done in your life also. All right. Now, just showing you that you have desire. Desire spiritual gift. Okay. Now, let's go back uh, to the book of Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 16 again. Uh, Paul said, I cease not to give thanks for you. Make a mention of you in my prayers. And then he says, this is a prayer, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you. Now, you got to understand something. Although God has already blessed you, I talked about this morning, it's like a glass of water. This is a glass of water, but it's not going to do you any good if you don't have a straw. Say if this top was sealed and you couldn't get the water out. But if you had a straw, like a milkshake, and the cap is on it, but if you had a straw, you can stick down there. Got it? That's how faith is. If you have something to draw with, you can get the water out, right? Now, this is in you. Not this big old cup, but Christ, right? Let's go to, Matt, let's go to Mark chapter 2, verse 22. Christ is in you. Now, Christ is in you. Everything you need from God is in Christ. That's why you must receive Christ. You got to receive Christ. This is why there's so much division in the body of Christ of how you receive Christ. I'm going to hopefully get on to that also. All right. Now, well, you can put that down. I go to that, I go to that next. John, uh, the book of Acts chapter 19, verse 1. Write that down. We go to that next. We're going to show you three baptisms while we're there. All right. Because people think you receive the Holy Spirit through water baptism and you do not. Okay. I'm going to show you after that Ephesians chapter 1, so you write these down next, Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. Show you how you receive the Holy Spirit. And you have to understand that. Then I gave you another verse. I gave you the book of Acts chapter 2, verse 33, showing you Jesus Christ was the only one who received the Holy Spirit in the Old Covenant because he was the one who had to give you the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2, verse 33 told us that. All right? Now, we'll, see, we'll look at them verses later. Now, here it is. Mark 2.22 says, no man put new wine in old bottles. Now, you have to see what Jesus is talking about. He looked at a man's soul and he saw the bottle. That's what we are vessels of the Lord, right? No man put new wine, new wine is the Holy Spirit, into old bottles. Old bottle means a soul has not been born again. So he don't put wine in new old bottles. If it does that, it's going to burst the bottle and the wine is spilled and the bottle, will be, the bottle will be marred or destroyed, but new wine must be put into new vessels or new wine bottle. That's the rest of it when it comes on the screen. You'll see the rest. That's old. If you let it go to the next verse, you'll see the next part of it. Verse 23. If you go to it, there you go. In, in new bottles. All right. Now, the new bottle is Christ. The old bottle is Adam. Right? So before you got born again, you had a soul. Adam had soul. Adam was made a living soul. But you are a living spirit. You have gone from soul to spirit. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17. This is one of the greatest things that people have not understood, that you are spirit now. When you get born again, you're born of the spirit. Your soul has been put in Christ and made one with Christ. Christ is spirit. 
All right, that's 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 17. But he that's joined to the Lord is one what? Spirit. You are one spirit. If you're in Christ, you're one spirit. Look at 1 Corinthians 15, 22. So if you're in Adam, you're still soul. That means you have not been changed to spirit. What God does, he takes your soul, he puts your soul in Christ. Uh, 1 Corinthians will tell you that, 1 Corinthians chapter number 12 and verse 13. He puts your soul in Christ, and that makes you one spirit. One with Christ. For as in Adam all die, in Adam. In Adam means in the old man, if you remain in Adam, you remain soul. In Adam all die, you're going to die. Your soul going to die. But if you in Christ, your soul has been made alive. Your soul has been made alive. If your soul is made alive, your soul has been made spirit or one with Christ. Everybody understand? All right, now that's what has to happen. Now, that's the first thing that has to happen. So that's why when I'm reading this prayer, this prayer is going to take us over there. And you're going to be able to see what God really wants from you. Okay, now, let's go back. Am I done with that? Did I give you something else I was going to go to? All right, so let's go back to Ephesians chapter 1. And let's go back to verse 17. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, are you there? All right, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you. Remember, if he's going to give you something, that means you have to, number one, be a son. That's why I say you have to first receive his spirit. He's not going to give this stuff to you if you're not his son. First, you must be his son. That's relationship. If you're his son, you have relationship. Then, because you're his son, you can have fellowship with him. Those are the two things. That's why you need to get the tape uh, uh, that we have in the storehouse called What is the Hope of His Calling? That's the first part of what I did here. What is the hope of his calling? You got to know what is the hope of his calling. He called you to be a son, and he called you to have fellowship with his son. All right, now once that happened, then, let, let's show you that first. Before I do this, Ephesians 1, 17, I'll finally get it done. But let's go to Romans 8, 8 through 11. First, you must be his son. You can't think you're his son. You got to know you're his son. To know you're his son means I know I have the Holy Spirit. You can't guess you have the Spirit. You have to know you have the Spirit. Romans 8 and 8 says, So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. So if you're in the flesh, you are still Adam. You have not been made a new creation. See, so in Christ, in Christ, you are neither male or female, born or free. You are one in Christ, meaning you now spirit. You can't remain flesh and be in Christ. In Christ, you lose your identity. You become spirit. All right, now watch this. Romans 8 and 8 says, So then that I in the flesh cannot please God. But, verse number 9 said, But you are not in the flesh. Somebody said, But you are not in the flesh. Said, But you are not in the flesh. Somebody said, But. You are not in the flesh. All right, but where are you? You are where? Look at somebody and ask them, where are you? 
See, if you're born again, where are you? See, if you're not born again, you're still trying to be flesh. And if you're still flesh, you ain't saved. And if you're still flesh, you're still in Adam. Your soul's going to die and go to hell while you're playing flesh. Once you're in Christ, you're a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. But you are not in the flesh if you're born of the Spirit. You are now in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, watch this, he's none of his. So don't go to church all your life and then die and go to hell. If you remain in the flesh and walk out for the flesh, you're going to die and go to hell. Your soul is going to go to hell for eternity. It's not a game. So that's what my ministry is, is to make sure your soul is saved. That's why Jesus died on the cross for you, so your soul could be saved. All right? Verse 10, what I'm waiting on. And if Christ be in you, Christ must be where? If Christ be in you, then the body is dead because of sin. Now the spirit in you becomes life. The spirit in you becomes life because of righteousness. This covenant is different than the Old Testament covenant, which I'm going to take you back to in just a moment. Let's go to verse 11. So verse 11 told you how the transformation took place. If the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead, the spirit of Christ, if, that's, if the spirit of Christ lives in you, if he does, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also make alive, quicken your mortal body, which is your soul. That's what happened. The spirit of God comes inside of you and, and makes alive your soul. Okay? If not, your soul is dead. Spiritual death, when the soul is dead, that's spiritual death. That means the soul is separated from God. It cannot get in contact with God. So that's why you must understand that Jesus died on the cross for your soul to be saved. But your soul can't be saved unless you receive Christ into your heart and he comes into your heart and saves the soul. All right, that's why the Bible said receive with meekness and grafted word, which is Christ, which is able to save your soul. Only Christ can come into you and save your soul. But you have to allow this to happen. All right, now let's go to some things I want to show you. Now in the Old Testament, they had their own righteousness. So let's go back, let's show you something. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 30 and let's look at verse 19. From the book of Deuteronomy chapter 30. Deuteronomy chapter 30, and let's start reading. I want to get to verse 19, but let's go to verse 11. Matter of fact, I don't need to go through that again. Let's go to verse 15. I don't want to get on anything I get caught up on because I can go a different direction. Let's go to verse 15. So Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 15, Paul is going to give them the law and going to tell them what the law is. From here, I'm going to go back and do the Deuteronomy chapter 6 and show it to you. Matter of fact, i got to do that first. Hold your finger right here, and you back there, Deuteronomy 30 and 15, hold that. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter number 6, and we're going to look at the last two verses. And Deuteronomy chapter number 6, and verse 24 and 25, the last two verses. Then we come back here. I'm going to show you something, what the law was to them in the Old Testament, but they had to do the law before they would have God's righteousness. 
which they could not do. No man was able to keep the law. Here, and the Lord commanded us, Old Testament, to do all these statutes. That's why they had baptism, foot washing, communion, circumcision, offering of lambs and goats and bulls and turtle doves and pigeons, which were five things that they offered up. You may always hear me say that, but I'm quoting the five things that they offered up, which equal grace. They offered up five things, five mean grace. They had to do that to get grace. We got one man got grace. All right. And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes, to fear the Lord our God for our good always, that he might preserve us, number one, alive, as it, it is this day, at this day. Now watch what they had to do. It shall be our righteousness. Remember, the law that God gave them to keep was their righteousness. And it shall be our righteousness if we observe, if we observe, but they couldn't do it. If we observe to do all these commandments before the Lord our God as he has commanded us, it shall be our righteousness. But it wasn't because they couldn't keep the commandment. All right, now let's go back to Deuteronomy chapter 30. In Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 15. So the law was their righteousness. In the new covenant, Christ is our righteousness. Not the law. You can't do nothing to be right with God. You have to believe on his son. Now in Deuteronomy 30 and 15, watch what Moses is going to say to them. Uh, See, I have set before you this day life and good. Now what did he set before them was the commandments. If they were, could keep the commandments, then they would live. Behold, I set before you this day life and good, death and evil. Remember, if, if they could keep the law, they would receive life and good. If they could not, it would be death and evil. Then in verse number 16, it says, In that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God. That was what they had to do, which they could not do. To walk in all his ways, they couldn't do it. To keep all his commandments, they couldn't do it. And his statutes and his judgment that you may live. They had to do all that just to live. And multiply, and the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land whither thy go to possess it. All right, that's enough of that. But they couldn't do it. Now, that was the key. That's why Jesus came and fulfilled the law on your behalf. So all you have to do is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ now, and God see you that now, because of that, God see you qualified as a son of the living God. Now, to get your inheritance is where we left off this morning. This morning, I'm sorry. This morning, you had to receive forgiveness. You had to do what? Receive, receive forgiveness. You had to receive forgiveness before you could receive your inheritance. So let's go back and show you that. That's why they had, uh, well, let me show you the three baptisms first. Let's go to Acts 19, and, and I'm going to show you, and then that will take me into uh, Acts 26, 18, after that. Well, let's go to Acts 19 first. In Acts chapter 19, the apostle Paul is going to meet some men who used to be under John's baptism. They were disciples of John the Baptist. John the Baptist had disciples before Jesus did. John the Baptist's disciples came to Jesus. All right. All right. Now, all that Jesus wanted. He didn't want but 12. The rest of them just had to wonder until they can find Paul here. So Acts chapter 19 and verse 1. Verse 1. It came to pass. There we are on the screen. It came to pass that while... Apollos was at Corinth. Paul 
having passed through the upper coast of Ephesus, finding certain disciples, he said to them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? And they said to him, we have not so much as heard will there be in the Holy Ghost. And he said to them, unto what then were you baptized? That was the question. And they said to him, John baptism. And they said to him, what? John baptism. Now, what, what was John baptism? The next verse is going to tell us. You have three baptisms in the Bible, only one that saves you according to Ephesians chapter 4. There's, in Ephesians 4, I'm going to show you it says one baptism because only one baptism saved you and the rest was type and shadows. Then Paul said, John verily baptized with the baptism of what? Of repentance. Now, how many in here know that was not in 9 o'clock service? Don't, don't grab it out. You're 9 o'clock service. You all, you're supposed to know. But how many know what was John baptism? It was Acts 2.38. Well, you hear a lot of folks saying, right? So we're going to go back to Acts 2.36. We're going to come back to this verse. We're going to come right back to Acts 19 and 4. But let's go back to Acts chapter 2 and verse 36. Because first of all, the baptism of John was not preached to the Gentiles. The baptism of John was preached to the Jews. People today trying to preach it to people today to repent to be saved. And you can't repent and be saved today. That's not the way you're saved. Therefore let all the house of Israel know surely that God has made that same Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. But if you hear who he's talking about, the house of Israel. Who is he talking to? The house of Israel. Don't let anybody quote tell you today you of the house of Israel. Okay? You are not of the house of Israel. You don't need to be of the house of Israel. All right, let's move on. In verse 37, that's what we're waiting on. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts. And the Bible said, and they said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Now this is why when, when, G, when Peter preached to them, they said, well, what shall we do? They told him, you killed Jesus, the Prince of Peace. They said, well, what are we supposed to do? He said, now when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts, said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Next verse will tell you what they did, verse 38. Then Peter said to them Jews, repent and be baptized. Watch this. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. Now once they got to this baptism, now they were in number two. John baptism, they had to repent. Now they were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, which was the second baptism. I'll show you that in just a moment. Under the gospel of the kingdom, with Jesus preached, you was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Let's show you why, though. Then Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. For what purpose? For the remission of sins. What, what purpose again? Right, the word remission means what? Forgiveness. So if you don't know, you need to write that in your Bible. So they were baptized in water for the forgiveness of sins. Remember, you can't receive your inheritance until you re receive your forgiveness. You must be forgiven by God to become a son of God. When you become a son of God, you can receive your inheritance. Always remember that. All right? So that's why he told them that you receive, number one, the remission of sin, comma, and. And is a conjunction, just like a train. You see a train has one bucket, uh, uh, one car, then it's a gap, then another car. Gap, all those are ands and buts. If you're an English professor, right? Right, so and connects you, and they're not the same. And connects you to the next car, right? You can disconnect that, you still got a train. Oh, uh, let's move. 
Then Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Number one, for the remission of sin. Well, if you get your sins forgiven, then you can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Do everybody see how that works? You got to have what done first? Sin forgiven first, then you can receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. All right. Now, let's go back to Acts 19. In the book of Acts chapter 19, you're going to see this same thing happen in verse 4 where we were. Acts 19 and 4 where we were. Peter going to run into these disciples. In Acts chapter 19, verse 4. And it came to pass, all right, then said Paul, John verily baptized in the, with the baptism of repentance. Remember, that's what John baptized with. Now, he, he said to the people that they should believe on him who should come after them, that is on Jesus. So John only appointed you Jesus. I'm waiting on the next verse, verse 5, on Jesus Christ. When they heard this, they were baptized. Watch how they were baptized. In the name of the Lord Jesus. That's the second baptism. Remember, they could not baptize in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ when John baptized. They had to be baptized unto repentance. The nation of Israel was called to repent. But when Jesus had come, now he was baptized in Jesus. All Jesus' followers were baptized in his name. Because on the Jesus ministry, you could only be saved in the name of Jesus. That's how you got your salvation. Acts 4.12, neither there's salvation in any other. There's none of the name under heaven whereby man must be saved. You had to be saved in the name of Jesus. So that's how they were saved. When Jesus, Christ Jesus, when they heard this, they were all baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Now watch what happened. Once they were baptized in the name of Jesus, the next verse, verse 6, is what I'm waiting on. And when Paul had laid his hands up on them, Paul laid his hand where? Up on them, and they spake with tongues. I'm sorry, laid his hands upon them. The Holy Ghost came where? You got to get this because the Holy Ghost did not come in them. The Holy Ghost came on them. You got to understand something. That's what you see when you see Pastor Benny Hinn praying for the sick. People are not being saved. You know that he do two different things. He prays for the people and he may come down and normally may be real hard up on him. When I mean by that, weighty, weighty. And a lot of times you can walk up to people and, and people will fall under anointing. And so that's why he'll wait till the Spirit of God is upon him in a great measure, and he'll run up to the stage and go, take it, brother, take it. How many ever seen that? Some of y'all lying, you won't even raise your hand. And, and you know you saw it. It's like, forgive me. All right. But I'm just saying, but that's what happens is the Spirit of God. That's not being saved. People can be healed and set free by the power of the Spirit of the Lord. That's up on your life. But to be saved at the end of the service, he will always give an altar call. How many know that's what happened? So you got to understand, that's a different than just praying for the sick and an altar call. Altar call, those people receive Jesus Christ this time, they can come. That's what that's about. That's how you're saved. You have to receive Christ. Somebody say amen. You have to receive Christ into your heart. Mean you have to believe, and you do that when you believe in his death, burial, and resurrection. There's no other way to receive Christ in your heart without believing Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. You just can't stand up in the, in the middle of the floor and say, okay, I receive it. You understand? When the gospel is preached, Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, my wife was going to give an invitation at the end of every service. You receive. That's why she'd be asking people to say to other people, other citizens, 
I believe in Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. When you're doing that, you're taught to do that, and now you're receiving Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. It's just receiving Christ into your heart. Okay? After that, he doesn't come again every day. He lives there. But you're helping somebody else now along the way. That's why we're trying to teach you what to do. So if somebody tell you, I want to receive Christ, just say, well, hey, this is what we did. Go to 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. You don't have to go to there. I'm just telling you, now you can be able to read that to somebody else and tell them to receive Christ into your heart. This is how you do it. I believe Christ died for my sins. He was buried and raised again from the dead. You believe that? Okay. And say, Father, I receive Christ in my heart. And that's how easy it's done. You don't have to go through all of the other stuff. That, that's not going to help nobody get saved. You have them get saved when you have them receive Christ into their heart. Give the Lord a big hand for that, okay? I can't pray for you to get Christ to I can pray for you, but I'm going to have to get you to do this because this is something you got to do. Oh, it's not something I can just ha make happen for you. All right. Now, let's go back to Ephesians 1.18 again. I didn't do the spirit baptism. 1 Corinthians 12, 15. I'm sorry. 12, 13. Let me show you the spirit of baptism. 1 Corinthians 12, 13. And then I'm going to go to Ephesians 4, 1. That's why I give you all the notes because y'all got to help me out. Okay. Then we go to Ephesians 4, 1. This is the spirit of baptism. So you have repentance, baptism unto repentance, John baptism. You have baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. That's the second baptism. Although both of those with water. When they came to John, baptism, John baptized them, not in the name of Jesus Christ, because he didn't know Jesus Christ. You see, because at Matthew chapter 11, he sent his disciples to them after he was in prison, and he asked them, are you the one that should come, and do we look for another? So he didn't really know who Jesus was, okay? All he knew when he see the dove light up on, he knew that's going to be him. He knew that when he baptized him with water. All right? That's the baptism of um, repentance. Now, in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, it's the third baptism. See, I'm saying this because you hear people saying, you child, you ain't even saved. You need to be baptized again. That ain't going to do no good. You can get baptized 15 times. If you want in one week, it's not going to save you. But this is what people think. It's not going to save you. Only, only, there's only one Savior. His name is Jesus. Amen. Well, if, if, if it took water to save you, we could have got you saved on the John baptism. As a matter of fact, we don't even need Jesus. Jesus, we don't need you. We can save, give me the water. I can baptize him this morning and get saved. See, you got to understand, you got to understand he is the only Savior. Look at somebody said, Jesus, Jesus is the only Savior. Right, he is the only Savior. He can only one that save you, right? And what he saved you is from your sins, okay? All right, now let's look at that. Let's look at what we have on, on the board. You got to remind me because if, if once I say it, you got to, Catch it and put it up there, because if you don't, I won't remember it. First Corinthians, here's the spirit of baptism. By one spirit are we all baptized into one body. See, we're the body of Christ. How do we get in one body? We got in one body by one spirit. Whether we be Jews or Gentile, whether we be bond or free, we've been all made to drink into one spirit. Only, the only God can put you in the spirit. No man can baptize you with water and put you in the spirit. That is impossible. Don't let nobody lie to you. Because people tell you they can do it. You, no, we can do it. No, you can't do it. If we could, we wouldn't need the Lord. All right, now let's move on. Let's go to the next thing in Ephesians 4.1. You have to write these things down because I have no way of remembering what I say once I'm ministering. I say so much by the Spirit. You must write them down. Ephesians 
told you, I, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation where which you are called. That's why you need to get that tape because you've been called to the Lord. Whether you come or not, my job is to tell you. If you tell the Lord, I'm coming this Sunday, I ain't coming next Sunday, it's between you and the Lord. If I'm coming two Sundays, I ain't coming the third Sunday, that's up to you. The Lord called you to come to him. You can come as many times you want to, or you can stay at home and say, I'm going to go today. You tell the Lord, you ain't telling me. I'm going today, I ain't going tomorrow. I'm going to 11, I ain't going to 9. You ain't, you ain't talking to me, you talk to the Lord. The Lord won't call you. That's why I had my young little sister up here this morning. He won't sit all. He, he just told you. He said he won't sit all. He don't want just a little. He won't sit all. And you keep looking at him just like, okay, praise the Lord. Praise. No, no, he's talking to you. He's telling you he won't at all. You, you don't get it. You keep giving him what you want him to have, and he keep telling you what he wants. I'm coming at nine, I ain't coming at 11. God said, no, I want it all. I'm coming at nine, I ain't coming at 11. I'm coming at 11, I ain't coming at nine. I want it all. I'm, I'm told you I'm going to give you. You're the one in, it's between you and the Lord. That's why these songs just tell you right off the bat what he wants. You can give, you can give him what you want, but he's telling you what he wants. Hallelujah. When, I, when that song first came out, Fully Committed, how many remember that song, Fully Committed? I was doing a revival in Connecticut, in Middletown, Connecticut. You never remember that? And some of you in here went with me. Any of you remember that? You, you went with us to Connecticut? Yep. None of y'all in here that went with us to Connecticut? Huh, I must be getting old, so. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah. Well, here's here what happened. This is what happened. I asked the choir, Renee, is Renee here? Okay, she just stepped, okay. What I asked choir to sing fully committed, remember? You're not gonna believe this. The very lady that made fully committed was in the service. Am I lying? I, am I, would I be telling I, I, they, they touched me and said, Pastor, the woman saying fully committed is in the service. She ain't. She can't be. She said, I'm the one. I said, girl, get up here. <laughs> she came up and sang, fully committed that night. Oh, I know God was going to do something awesome. Ooh, when the very person made fully committed was in the service, and that's my son, fully committed. Oh, I knew something was about to happen. Oh, my God. Let me move on. I just, I just thought of that. What did I have to say? All right, I'm, on, I'm talking about Oh, oh yeah, watch what happened. And while I was ministering the word of God, and I gave the altar call, guess who come to the altar? Fully committed. <laughs> Am I lying? That word was so powerful. When I preached Christ, him crucified, and I gave the altar call, and I told you, you don't know that you have Christ living inside of you right now. If you don't know your sins been forgiven, you, have not, you don't know you've been washed with the blood of the Lamb. You don't know that you are in Christ, and Christ in you. You need to get out your seat and walk to this altar right now. And guess who walked up to the altar? I said, oh, my God. Oh, my. How many know she's fully committed now? Yeah. Yes, sir. God wants to live in you. That is the whole mystery of the gospel. 
God won't, see, we won't. When I die, I'm going to be the Lord. No, 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 you go to be the Lord now. The Lord wants you now. Don't wait till you're dead, they want him. See, that's not folks. When I'm dead, he can have me when I'm dead. No, he wants you now. He wants you to, he wants to live in you now. Will you let him? See, that's the whole thing. People who go to church, but they don't want God to live here. Because once God lives in you, the body now becomes dead to sin. And now you become alive to God. See, and now you are experience a total transformation with the Spirit of the Lord living inside of you. Because every day he's pulling you closer to himself. And you're becoming more and more like him every day. There's a tremendous change taking in your life and in your mind. And you can't tell God, stop, 4 o'clock in the morning. I don't want to hear this no more. No, it don't make no difference. God talks all day and all night if somebody would listen. I'm telling you. That's what my wife told me. I know you say. Let me move on. All right. Now, this morning, we gave you this this morning, okay? Uh, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation which, which you are called. That's why you need to get that tape. You've been called. Then in verse number two, it says in verse number two, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love. And verse number three, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Okay, here's the next thing I want to get you to. He's going to go through all the one. They had one body. One spirit. Now, we don't have any problem with that because the body is the body of Christ. We're all in one body. We all have one spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling. Did, did I get a chance to finish that? No, I didn't. Verse number four, when you get there, stay there, please. Okay, stay right there. There's one body, one spirit, even as you're calling one hope of your calling. Then he's going to tell you this. One Lord. Now, we don't have no problem with him being one Lord. One faith, that means we all have the same spirit of faith, same measure of faith, right? Right, but there's also one baptism. Now, here's the point. If you believe in John baptism, here's somebody who believes in John baptism, Acts 19 and 1. Then Jesus told them about the baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So there's two baptisms. And then he showed them in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, spirit baptism. Which one you going to choose for your salvation? That's what people are doing. That is what people are doing. They said, no, I'll baptize in water in Jesus' name. Well, okay, then go right ahead, sir. That's how you say your faith is in the water. That some man baptized you in water in Jesus' name. That's what you believe you will say? Go right ahead. Because one day you're going to die. And you in water. See, that's what you're saying. They put me in water. Okay, you in water? You think that water going to save you? Listen, you better make sure you're in the spirit. Your spirit has to put you in Christ. That's how you say But see, you keep telling people and they keep believing a lie and you can't get them to see it because they're blind. You just have to keep preaching Christ. Somebody say amen. All right, let's move on. Well, see, it's not baptism, physical water baptism that's going to save you. If it is, I would have got saved in Mississippi because I was baptized in the river. The river chute, they used to call it, or the overflow of the river, where we wade out in the water, and they sang this song, wade in the water, wade in the water, son, wade in the water. What? I ain't said no children, I was one. My wife and I, huh? She said it's supposed to be children. 
I said, I want my one. They were saying, sure, I'm saying one. All right, but they used to sing all the time, take me to the wall. People stand up on the river bridge, look on the river bridge, watch them get baptized. They were singing them songs. Them sisters can sing too, boy. Can I get back to my message now? All right. Now, what is his rich and glorious inheritance? Let's go to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 1 through 7. I'm done with that. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 1 through 7. That's an awesome thing to see people stop on the bridge. I'm talking about they get out of their car. Bridge line up for a whole mile. I'm, I'm back. I'm back. I'm waiting to find Ephesians. Ephesians 3, 1. You, you all know that's my boss, right? All right, Ephesians 3, 1. For this cause, I, Paul, the prisoner of our Lord Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, if you've heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me, Paul said, to you it, and then he's going to tell you about the grace. He's going to say, how that by revelation. So the first thing I want to deal with now is, I want to show you this, why Paul preached Christ. How that by revelation, how that by revelation, he made known to me the mystery as I wrote in four words. I wrote it in a few words, the mystery. Whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. In verse 5, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men as is now revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit or by the Holy Ghost. Here, here's the mystery, that the Gentiles should be number one fellow heir. Now, if you, are, if, you, if you have an inheritance, that makes you an heir. That's why I'm, I, I have down here my notes to read Romans 8, 8 through 11, which we did, right? Right. You become an heir of God. You become a... And when I go to Romans 8, I got to go back to verse 12 and keep reading, okay? That the Gentiles should be number one, fellow heir, number two of the same body, partake of the promise. Now, the promise is the Holy Ghost. We, have, we are partakers. We are partakers. We take our part in Christ. We take our part in Christ by the gospel. So every time I hear the gospel preach, I take my part in Christ. When I hear the gospel preach, I take my part. So when I believe, I do what? What happened if you don't come get the word? You don't get your part, so you go blame God, see? It's not God's fault. You don't come to church enough to get your part. You don't come to church enough. You don't sit up in the world enough to get your part. It don't just happen. You have to come and take your part. All right? And verse number seven, you do it by the gospel. And verse number seven says, Well, Paul said, I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effectual working of his mighty power. Let's show you one more, and that's Colossians 1, 9 through 14. Colossians 1, 9 through 14. We're going to key on verse number 12. And from here we go to Ephesians 1, 3 through 11. Colossians 1, 9 through 14. When you get there, say amen. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 9 through verse number 14. Amen. Here we go. It says, we back to the prayer again. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 9. For this cause, also since, we, since the day we heard it, we do not cease to pray for you. And the desire that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will. So otherwise, if he's praying for you to be filled with the knowledge of the will, evidently you are not filled with the knowledge of his will. Do everybody understand that? That is an answer to prayer. See, that's one of my prayers for you. Father, I pray for the, the people I pass. I pray for the people that do a faith, that they may be filled with the knowledge of your will. 
in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. I pray that they may walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work. I pray that they will increase in the knowledge of God. I pray that they be strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience, long-suffering, and joyfulness. And now I'm going to thank you for that, Father. I'm giving thanks to the Father, which has made us meet to be partaker of the inheritance of the saints in life. Remember, we are partaker of the inheritance that the saints had. Remember, they were first, and now us. We got our part, right? Right. All right, now let's go to the next thing I want to go to is... I want to go down to verse 14, okay? Then verse 13 says, Who has delivered us from the power of darkness? This is what God has done. He has delivered us from the power of darkness, has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. So you get born again, you're, you're delivered from this guy. That's the power of darkness. This is the one that wants to keep you. Your flesh wants to keep you because your flesh knows where it's going. Your flesh goes back to the dust. There's no doubt about that. There's no win in that war. God said to the flesh, to Adam, thou shalt surely die. Dust thou art, dust thou shalt return. So the flesh knows where it's going. But the key is, will you still be in the flesh when they go there? So what God did with his son, he came here to offer you salvation. That don't follow the flesh, because the flesh is going to the grave. Follow Jesus, he is going back to glory. He is going, to, he's going back to glory. He's going back to the heavens. You don't want to follow your flesh. And so that's what you got to understand. You got to sit down yourself one day and say, am I living out the flesh? Am I following the flesh? Because if I am, I'm going to die and go to hell. See? Trying to be me. That's me. Okay? Okay, me. All right. In verse 14, unto whom, in whom, we have redemption through his blood. What is the word redemption? We have forgiveness through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. So we have this forgiveness, okay? Now, we got to forgive. Let's, go, let's look at Ephesians 1, I'm, chapter 3, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, chapter 1, verse 3 through 11. Ephesians 1, 3 through 11. Man, I got 10 more minutes. I got to hurry. Ephesians. You enjoying the word? Yeah. Ephesians chapter number 1 and verse 3 through 11. Verse 1 said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has, past tense, blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ. So God put all your spiritual blessings in the heavenly places, but just said that the glass was Christ. Everything you got is right here. But you got to use your faith, right? Hello? You got to use the straw, right? All right. So if you don't use your faith, you can't get it out, right? To use your faith means you have to believe when it's preached. So my job is to preach to Christ that's in your glass, that's in you, and your job is to believe or while I'm preaching, just enjoy it. All right. I can't make it no simple than that. So you can sit there and just let it sit there in the glass and walk out. You ain't got nothing. All right. And verse number four, he says, according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holding without blame before him in love, having predestined us to the, to the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to the himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glory, to the praise of his glory, 
of his grace, wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood. Once again, the forgiveness of sin. We have that. But according to the riches of his grace, nothing you've done, wherein he has abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to the good pleasure, his good pleasure, which he has purposed in himself, that in the, in the dispensation of the fullness of, com, of time, he might gather together and want all things in Christ, that's already past, which are in heaven and which are in earth, in whom also we have obtained. Now this is very important because if you got Christ in you, you have obtained. In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of his, of his will. So how did I obtain an inheritance? When I received Christ. When I received Christ, I received my inheritance. But in Ephesians chapter 1, Paul is going to pray that something has to happen to you. And that's verse 18. Skip over to verse 18. I'm sorry, verse 17. Forgive me. Why are you going to that? Go to verse 17. So in verse 17, the prayer that God will give you something. So this is my prayer. Three things we're going to pull on the screen like we did this morning. This is what your prayer is that God may give you. Number one, verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom. Come on, raise your hand and say, Father, I thank you for the spirit of wisdom. All right. Now, this is, this is something you need to do. Or get this DVD and, 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 and take it home and go over it. Write it down. Cut it out, put it on your screen, Ephesians 1, 16 through uh, 20 21. And you want to make sure that these are the things that God, I ask God for. Okay, number one, you pray that God will give you the spirit of wisdom. Number two, and revelation in the knowledge of him. So Father, come on, raise your hand. Father, thank you Amen. for giving me Amen. the spirit of revelation, spirit of revelation. In, the in the knowledge of him. Right, so... It's not just enough to have the knowledge. You want the spirit of the revelation of the knowledge of him. You want to make sure that, the whole, that you are able to understand the word of God when you read the word of God. That's just number two. Number three is the eyes. In verse 18, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. So raise your hand when you get through writing. Wait till you get through writing. I know you're, some of you are writing it now. In Ephesians 1.18. Say, Father, I thank you for the eyes of my understanding. Being enlightened. being enlightened. Right. So if my eyes and my understanding being enlightened, that means I have three things there. Wisdom, knowledge, understanding. What, do I, what did he just give me? Wisdom, knowledge, understanding. So if you go through those three things in verse 17, 18, 19, you'll see those. God gave you wisdom. He gave you knowledge. He gave you understanding. When you read the book of Proverbs, the Bible said wisdom is a principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. But in all you're getting, get understanding. How many know what verse that is? Proverbs 4, 7, right? Okay, I know my sister speak uh, Latin, so I got to. I, I, I knew I was going to get a backslash out of that. I mean, I, 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 I'll be able to get some more. What kind of bread that was? Zucchini. I'll be able to get more zucchini bread. Don't be worried. About it. That's my sister, Terribia. Amen. All right, now, what we have to understand, the eyes you understand have been enlightened. So we got three things. Now watch how they're going to fold in with the three things. You got to have that. Look at somebody say, you got to have that yeah. to be able to, next, to know the next three things. 
So you got to know these three things so to know the next three things. Now, what is the next three things in Ephesians 1, 18 says? That the eye of the understanding put on the board, that the eye of the understanding being enlightened, that you may know. So what happens if you don't have three things? Can you put those three things? Do you have them from this morning? You put the three things up there? Because they got to have those three things to be able to know the next three things. See, I had to learn this. I wanted to know this so bad when I was growing up in Christ, but at the same time, I didn't know how to connect it. Okay, here we go. Number one thing you prayed for was on the screen. What is it? The spirit of wisdom. What's the number two thing? The revelation of the knowledge of Number three? The eyes you understand and being enlightened. Now, those three things, you're going to have to believe God for those three things. Then, those three things are going to connect to once those things manifest in your life, you're going to know the next three things. I'm teaching you to you now before you even get it. So when you get older, this is going to be already here for you. I'm giving you the word of God before your time. Go keep going back to Ephesians 1.18. And Ephesians 1.18 is going to give you the what, what, what. Number one, what is, what is the hope of his calling? Now you've got to have these three things, the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of him. You're going to have the number two, and number three, the eye of your understanding being the light. Do everybody understand that? Yeah. All right. But all of that is so you would know, number one, what's the hope of his calling? See, that's what you got in the storehouse. What's the hope of his calling? I got two tapes in there. You need to get that. Then I told you, what is the richest, what we're talking about now? What is the richest of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? Somebody says, in the saints. This morning I gave you a few verses of scripture to show you whatever God had for you was already in the saints. Otherwise, Christ, they received Christ before we did. That's what that means, okay? We are not the saints. Stop saying that because in the Bible, the saints were the Jewish believer. Let me give you a few scriptures on that so we can move on. Uh, let's go to, uh, I want to start with, uh, I left off with Acts 15 this morning, Romans 15. Let's go to 1 Corinthians, let's go to 1 Corinthians 6, 1 and 2. Huh? Yeah, the third, the third thing is, was, the, was the power. Verse 19, Ephesians 1, 19. The third thing you receive is what is the, the greatness of his power. So those things he wanted, what is the hope of his calling, what is his riches of his inheritance in the same, and what is the greatness of his power. Those three things is what you get to know once you know, have those three things. Now I did a teaching under how God works. And when I did a teaching on how God worked, I told you you had to have the ability to understand, spiritual understanding, spiritual revelation. So now you know where I was coming from, hopefully. Now, watch what it says in, in, in Romans 6 and 1. See, if you don't use the word saints and let it go through the word of God, that that's not you, convince yourself that's not you. If you don't, you're going to mess up. This is what you won't write about the word. Because watch what it says in, in in this scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1 and 2 said, There are any of you having a matter against another go to law, so you know you were under the law, against the unjust and not before the saints. So if, if, if that's the case, then, then people are going to say, see, that's who we are. See, we're we supposed to go through the saints with this. He's not talking to you. Everything in the Bible is not for you. It's for you, but it's not about you. All right? Now verse 2 says, do you not know that the saints shall judge the world? First you think you're supposed to judge the world. He's not talking to you. This already happened. 
Because when he came back, he came back with strength. See, we think this is going to happen. See, somebody lied to you, you just got to get over it. Do you know that the saints shall judge the world? And if the world shall be judged by you, that's what Paul told them. The world is going to be judged by you. Saints, are you, not worthy, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matter? See, we're talking about us. Let's go back to Deuteronomy chapter 33 and let's see it all unfold. I got about five minutes total. So, will not the saints. I'm just giving you a few, few scriptures here. In the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 33, and verse 1 through 3, just show you that, show you not the saints. See, if you don't know this, you'll be walking around singing like they do down in New Orleans and think you want the saints. Oh, when the saints, oh, when the saints, we're saying, oh, when the saints. Yeah, that number, oh, in the same, oh, in the same. And you think, we, we get going up here and we think we the same. You ain't the same. See that boy jumping back there in New Orleans, he know what I'm talking about. Louisiana, he know what I'm talking about. Amen. Amen. And this is the blessing where with Moses, the man of God, blessed the children of Israel before his death. This is it, he says to them in verse number two. And he said, the Lord came from Sinai, rose up from Seir unto them, and he shined forth from Mount Paran. He came with 10,000 of saints. Came with 10,000 of saints. Now that before you were saved. You think you wasn't saved in Deuteronomy, right? I don't know. Maybe you was around in Deuteronomy. Come on. All right, let's go back to uh, Daniel chapter 7. I'm going to give you a couple more. Couple more. I, I know all that's good, but I just got to show them saints. Daniel chapter 7, verse 18, 22, and 27. Daniel chapter number 7, verse 18, 22, and 27. From here we go to Zechariah 4 and 5. From the book of Daniel chapter 7, verse 18, 22, and 27. Talking about the saints. All through the Old Testament you see saints that came into the New Testament. He was still talking about the same people. Old Testament, the book of Daniel. Daniel chapter 7 verse 18 said, But the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom. Well, if you don't know who the saints are, you think we're supposed to take a kingdom. You ain't taking no kingdom. You just came in the kingdom. You had everything free. But the saints of the Most High God shall take the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever and ever, even forever and ever. Otherwise, letting us know that nobody else is going to get the kingdom. The kingdom already belonged to us. And then in verse 22, Until the Ancient of Days came, which is Christ, Justice was given to the saints of the Most High. Justice was given to them. I just read that in 1 Corinthians 6, 1 and 2. If you know that the saints are going to judge the world. Saints were given, the judgment was given to the saints, given to the, to the saints. Let me read that again. And the kingdom, I mustn't be on something else. Okay. And the kingdom and the dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, all right? So they were, the kingdom was given to the saints whose kingdom is the everlasting kingdom. All dominions shall serve and obey him. So the kingdom was given to him. They got in the kingdom before we did. All right, let's, let's show you another one. Zechariah 14, 5. Zechariah 14, 5. I'm going to show you another one in Matthew 27, 52 after this. Zechariah 14, 5. You enjoying the word? And Zechariah 14, 5, that's what I'm waiting on. The, the book before Matthew, the last book before Matthew, Zechariah. That's why what we do in our children's church, we teach all the children the Bible. Genesis 
to Malachi, to Malachi, to Malachi, to Revelation. I can call most of our little young people up here right now. They'll start off and sing it right down the line. We're going to find that Zechariah back there pretty soon. All right, here it is. Zechariah chapter 14, verse 5. 14. Zechariah chapter 14, verse 5. It's one of the things why we teach our children about the books of the Bible, because if they come over here at 13 years old, they got to go back here and run this stuff in here. 13. Zechariah 14, 5. There we go, here we go. And you shall flee to the valley of the mountain. The valley of the mountain shall reach unto Azel. Yea, you shall flee like you fled in the, in, before the, we know this is not talking about us, right? Next verse, verse 6. Verse number 6, next verse. Okay, let me see, let me see if I get it here. Right for you, the book of Matthew, Zechariah, last book, chapter 14. Okay. You got Malachi, verse, verse 6. And it shall come to pass, and that, and that day, did I say verse 6? Did I read Zechariah? Okay, that's all, that's, all, I don't, that's all I need. Zechariah, I don't need that. Go to Matthew 27, 52. Matthew 27, 52. Matthew 27, 52. Let's see who was raised from the dead when Jesus raised from the dead. Matthew chapter 27, 52. Who was raised from the dead when Jesus raised from the dead? Let's show it to you. Matthew 27, 52. All right, I have to go on. Matthew 27, 52 and, and the... Matthew 27 and verse 52. It says, And the graves were opened, many bodies of the saints. Do you see that? Many bodies of the saints which slept arose. Many bodies. That's when Jesus died on the cross. All right. Let me give you two new, co new covenants. Uh, let's do, let's do uh, 1 Thessalonians 3.13 because this is the most famous one in the Bible right here. Okay. 1 Thessalonians 3.13 and then one more Jude 14. Then we're going to let you go. 1 Thessalonians 3.13. The lounge lost last night, so you should not be in a hurry. 1 Thessalonians 3.13. Got that old witch, so I ain't got to worry about competition. They already owe and two, so. 1 Thessalonians. Just kind of help you get some rest. Go to bed at night, don't. Just put your video on, get up next day and watch it. If they didn't win, delete it. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 13 says, To the end he may establish your heart unblameable in holiness before God, even our Father, at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. You don't think he came yet? Go to Jude 14. The last book before Revelation is Jude. The last book before Revelation is the book of Jude. The book of Jude, verse 14 Here we go, Jude, verse 14. And Enoch, the servant from Adam, prophesied of these things. Behold, the Lord coming with ten thousands of his saints. Ain't none of you. Ain't none of you. 
Acts 26.10. One verse we've done. Acts 26.10. The Apostle Paul persecuted the saints. Acts chapter 26, verse 10, just one verse. Paul says, which thing I did also in Jerusalem? Well, no Gentile in Jerusalem. Amen. Which thing also I did in Jerusalem and many of the saints that I shut up in prison. Saints. Having received authority from the chief priests and when they were put to death, it wasn't you, it was the saints. I gave my voice against them. Remember, it was Paul who persecuted the church of God, the saints. All right, you the body of Christ. My job is to tell you who you are because you got to understand these things you must understand. I'm going to go through next week why God preached Christ, all this same teaching. Why did we receive? Why? How could we receive our inheritance? Why God gave us the Holy Spirit? We get all that next Sunday's teaching. My time is up. I thank you for yours. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.